0: The Green Solution has 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. Get on your phone right now, go to their website, mygreensolution.com, to order your flour, concentrates, edibles, and topicals online, and head to the closest Green Solution for pickup. Plus, you can use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time! Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. Shoots and scars! Nathan McKinnon! Col J T Comfort! 877 goes now! Gabriel Landescock! Collective hugs! 29 and 92! See me by Groove Move over, Picasso! This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious! <laughs> Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Davidson's is a locally owned and operated retailer with over 1,000 varieties of beers. They have wines from around the country as well, and single malts and rare whiskies. Download their app today and use promo code FIRST10 to receive 10% off your purchase of $25 or more. That offer ends on January 31st, so get on it while you still can. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfley. We might sound like we are in a pretty upbeat mood, that being because the Abs. Took it to the Detroit Red Wings, defeating them six to three this afternoon in what started slow but quickly turned into a beatdown. And I think that's what everyone beat expected down. and what everyone wanted. So, I mean, a beatdown like, get to st- like, they
1: scored two minutes in, and then the next 58 minutes was like, nah, these guys do not belong.
0: The Avs outshot the Wings 46-25 to 25 in the game. So it was pretty much all Avs, even despite De- Detroit scoring first. Yeah, I mean, Zadorov was like, here, have a freebie. <laughs> yeah, that did happen. A very, very shaky start in that regard of just a straight-up turnover behind their own net. Um, I mean, what was that? Yeah, that was what was he
1: doing as it was happening live? I was like. What are you doing, bud? Yeah, I was I was I I I had to sit next to these normies from some TV station here in Denver that didn't know anything about hockey. <laughs> and I was like, What is going on? And they were super confused, and then Bertuzzi scored, and I was like, Come on, <laughs> what is this? It was so messed up, man. I was like, really? I was already worried about the big emotional letdown, right? Yeah. beat St. Louis. It's your big rival. You're fired up. You're okay, great. We 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 climbed the mountain. Oh, God. We've got one more game. It was a perfect setup. The perfect setup. A terrible team that nobody takes seriously. That everybody has circled on a schedule because free points. And I was just so like, they're going to screw this up. <laughs> they're going to lose this game because they're they're going to do worse than playing down to a team. They're just not going to take them seriously. Yeah. And the first two minutes was just like, oh, my God. And then the very next shift, they almost come down the ice and tie it. And I was like, they're going to be fine. <laughs>
0: it's all good.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was, well, I was like, because... 10 years of bad avalanche hockey have conditioned me to feel this way, to feel like <laughs> I'm waiting for something bad to happen. And here it comes. It's about to happen. Here it comes. It's about to happen. And like Detroit, who I just, I can't stand it. I was driving to the driving to the arena today, and uh, I slowed up, and I stopped, and I waited for a guy to go across on, a, on the crosswalk. And it was a dude in a Red Wings Madonna jersey, and I just – I was so tempted to gun it and just smoke him and then go about my way because I was like, it's a Red Wings jersey and it's a Madonna Red Wings jersey. Like you are like the front runner of front runners. But then I didn't because one, I don't really like hit and run is just not cool. Yes, i this podcast right here. Right. Well, and like and two, like, you know, it's it's hard to call a guy front runner when he's showing up to this game of all the games like mm. So I gave him that credit and decided not to hit him with my car. But my hatred of Detroit meant that I was
0: tempted. So (laughs) respect for showing up. Still a terrible Jersey choice. Oh, dude. And, and just,
1: oh, Detroit.
0: (laughs) That sums it up pretty well. Just Detroit. And of course, I can't stand them. The first goal has to be Tyler Bertuzzi, too, yeah, well, right? I mean, like,
1: somebody tweeted at me and was like, Why was it Bertuzzi of all people? And I was like, Dude, the villains always score against the abs. You go into any game and you're like, Oh, just don't let this guy score. That guy's scoring. <laughs> you go into Nashville and you're like, Look, we understand Colton Sisson's going to have a hat trick tonight. Just don't,
0: don't let Austin Watson score.
1: That dude is scoring, guaranteed. <laughs>
0: It happens he is scoring. Every time, yep. Uh, the
1: rest of the Ryan first, Riley just had two points against the Avs the other day. Like, t-shirt. it's like the one guy on the Blues where
0: you're just like, God, come on, not him. It's, it's pretty much automatic. I was a little surprised Nemeth didn't get a point. In this game, to be honest it, with you. You know what? Nemeth was like ultimate
1: like sleeper agent activated. He very much was because with the two. Like, oh, yeah. it's, it's one-nothing. All right, we gotta let them back in it. We cannot be in the lead. We don't know how to play with the lead. This is so weird to us. <laughs> Nemeth was like, Alright, I'm just gonna I'm gonna let out all the 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 microaggressions that I had against these dudes last year. They're all coming out now. I mean,
0: funnily enough, he uh he took penalties on two guys not with the team last yeah. season. So, he's just mad he, he took my job. This is now such gotta, a cool
1: team and I'm not gotta with the <laughs> I got to play with this organization. These guys are terrible.
0: <laughs> Yeah, um, the rest of that first period was super weird, too. One, because of the two penalties from Nemeth, and then Matt Calvert takes a double minor, and then, after that, Tyler Bertuzzi takes a double minor. So, over half the period was played on special teams, and yet no one scored in all of that time. Yeah.
1: So. Yeah, over, over 10 minutes of special teams time in the
0: first period, neither team could beat a goaltender. Yeah, and... I mean honestly, i Howard gave up five goals and an empty netter in this game, and he honestly played pretty well.
1: Uh he did, yeah. I talked to uh I talked to Adrian after the game, day, uh, dater, and we were he was he was talking about how 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 he thought Howard played well for the first two periods, and I was like, I don't know, man. I think he played pretty well. Like I think he just had a good I think I think Howard kept them from being like a from the abs yeah. getting up like an eight or nine. This spot. Could, be a, could have been a 10-2 but total punking, basically. Right. Like, it it really felt like Jimmy Howard was the reason that this did not get out of hand a lot sooner. Yep. I mean, this I, is a 2-1 game going into the third. Right.
0: It, this was very much. It was one nothing after 1, despite the abs dominating. And yeah, at that point, the abs were over 4 on the power play. And you're sitting there going, there's a chance the Avs just get goalied in this game and it's the stupidest thing ever. (laughs) Now, obviously, the final result was not that in any way, shape or form, thankfully. But you got to give credit to a a goaltender trying on the back end. The Avs certainly uh, have done that to a goalie or two in their time. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So. You know, a little bit of credit to the bad guys where credit is due, but... Whether goalies are making saves or missing them, that's certainly something that leads me to the drink. So it's time to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. The ABS took down a big win and it was in the afternoon, so I had enough time to run to my local liquor store and pick up some more Avalanche Amber Ale from them so I could have my normal victory beer. Always a favorite thing to do of mine, whether it's the Amber Ale or you're looking for something with a little bit different whether it be the Strawberry Sky, the Vanilla Porter, or any number of their other beers as well, I just saw one, didn't pick it up because it's pretty low alcohol volume, but they have this new blueberry one as well that I'm gonna have to try at some point. Should be interesting to say the least. But you can find them pretty much anywhere, and also keep an eye out for the Breckenridge event calendar on thednvr.com tomorrow evening, afternoonish. We will see if Larry Walker gets into the hall of fame and we will be out at Blake street tavern. Mm -hmm. He's not going to get in. I know all the projections have him like missing by like 20 votes or something.
1: Yeah. You know, he's not going to get in because if there's anything that we have learned about baseball this off season, it's that you can use performance enhancing drugs. You can uh, steal signs. You can use electronic buzzers. You can cheat the game in every way imaginable.
0: But you cannot commit the moral sin of playing for the Colorado Rockies. I I really do hope that in the year twenty four hundred, when there's a team on the moon, that they name it after the Rockies. The Moon Rockies, yeah. The Moon Rockies, because I'm down, man, when they the ball flies three thousand feet there, and, and it's going to be looked at as no Hall of Famers are allowed to play there. Um, Okay, (laughs) getting back into the Avs, though, here, because this is a celebratory pod, not a disappointed pod. I mean, obviously the bad turnover by Zadorov there, but uh, boy, if the Avs didn't get secondary scoring and scoring from the defense, and honestly, we can even expand this past this Red Wings game. Over this three-game winning streak they've had, the scoring has been coming from anywhere and everywhere.
1: I mean, everywhere. Yeah. Um. Looking at, you just look at it today, and it was, what, like nine different abs had points?
0: Yeah, I, I think it was nine or ten. and
1: ten. Yeah, it's ten guys that had points. And uh, of those ten, I think six had multiple
0: points. <laughs> yeah. And- <laughs> I tweeted That's this so- out. During the game as well, three-point night for Nazem Kadri was not on the Avs roster last year. Two assists for Burakovsky was not on the Avs roster last year. An assist for Tyson Jost, technically at this time last year, was with the Eagles. A goal for Ryan Graves, also with the Eagles at this time last year. Graves added an assist to that as well. And then Kale McCarr with two assists as well, obviously not with the team until the playoffs last season. These are a bunch of dudes that weren't here one year ago. Just How opening up the games And make it better. Right. Exactly. They, it, it had been a bit of a down period for a lot of these new guys that they had brought in yep. through that second quarter, I guess of the season.
1: Well, and all and of a sudden
0: it's broken out again. No surprise. That's the, that's the area where they were struggling to win
1: because you just cannot rely on Nathan McKinnon to do all
0: of the heavy lifting. Straight up. He's a great player. He can do it some nights, but not even the Crosby's and McDavid's can do it every night. Even tonight, Nathan McKinnon, and disregarding that McKinnon's second goal is an
1: empty netter, just ignore that context. Even tonight, if McKinnon was
0: the only goal scorer for the Avs, they lose 3-2. One hundred percent. And can I just say McKinnon going top shelf from center ice to score the empty netter was hilarious. I talked to him about it afterward and I was like, are you just that
1: locked in? And he was he just laughed and he was like, it just worked out that way.
0: (laughs) He just happened to go top shelf just
1: because. And uh, I also I also asked him, I was like, Sal, are you like, are you going anywhere after the All-Star game? And he was like, yeah, I'm going home. (laughs) Nice. And he was like, I'm not a big trip guy. I just want to stay dialed in. And I'm like, this dude does not care about anything. Anything. Except winning a Stanley Cup. Like, we've talked a lot this year about how that's like, about how he's in like Terminator mode and he's just locked in on that one thing. Yep. But he's
0: seriously locked in on that one thing. (laughs) It, uh... It's definitely a little bit scary at times, but... Uh... He had
1: 72 points in 49 games played. Yeah, it's absurd. And he has 30 goals in 49 games played, and when asked about the possibility of getting to 50, he dismissed it, said, I don't think about it, it won't happen, and then joked, super casually joked, that he might hit 70 assists instead. <laughs> what? <laughs>
0: It's, it's this insane. This is a maniac. <laughs> I I don't even know what to say about him. I mean, there is, by every measure that I can think of, he has to be the MVP. Of, assuming, you know, he continues to produce through the second half here. Because the exact reason he lost the MVP a couple of years ago was he got to play with Miko Rantanen. Well, guess what? Kyra McDavid gets to play with Dreisaitl, so... How does McKinnon not win it? Uh I mean I I'm I'm torn between
1: giving you an honest answer and a respectful <laughs> answer because I'm a member of the PHWA.
0: Well, I'm not, so am I allowed to say East Coast bias? Yes, you are allowed to say that. <laughs> okay, well, East Coast bias then would because- be the answer. <laughs> eight dudes from Pittsburgh will twist themselves into a pretzel
1: and take him off the ballot completely so that they can find a space for John freaking
0: Marino. Okay. I'm done. He got it in. He got it in.
1: I'm good. I feel much better.
0: All right. Now well, let's talk about Jeff Breidich. We can do that in the second, <laughs> segment, second, second period of this podcast, but it's already been an adventure and, and I can't wait for, for this (laughs) upcoming two periods of this podcast. But before that, uh, Jeff Breidich uh, certainly has put Nolan Arenado into a new tax bracket one way or another. So, it's time to talk about Symbio Tax and Administration as tax season has arrived, and Symbio Tax is here to help you get the most out of your tax return. Symbio provides its clients with honest and knowledgeable tax services from a licensed professional. You know, we love taking care of our own here at DNVR, and George at Symbio Tax is a proud DNVR subscriber and a diehard Avs fan. Symbio Tax can assist you with rental properties, small businesses, investments and understands all the credits and deductions to help out working families. Get a head start on your tax returns this year and give Symbio a call today for a free consultation at 720-366-4470 or visit them at Symbiotax.com. That's S-Y-M-B-I-O-Tax.com. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. I'm Rudo. He's AJ. This is an Avalanche podcast, so... I'm going to try to frame this at least a little bit towards the Avs here and comparing Jeff Breidich and Joe Sackick, particularly this offseason uh. where the Rockies have done absolutely nothing in free agency compared to the Avs free agency where they went out and did a ton of stuff. And uh, free agency, they didn't do that much, did they? All right. off season stuff. It was like, like Donskoy and Belmar. You're right. You're right. The the major moves uh, were a trade for Burakovsky and a trade I did for Natchukin too. Although Natchukin was like, yeah, at the time it was a very different sentiment. <laughs> well, and
1: it was also like late August when it happened. Yeah, and that's so true. The buzz of free agency day wasn't like, oh, now Natchukin too. It was like the end of August, and we were both like, Jesus, thank you for giving us something to talk about. <laughs> Why did it have to be something we're both mad about? And then, of course, you know, we ended up being um, we're idiots. We're both very, but... very wrong about it as well. Yeah. Um, that's, the, that's the job. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it uh, wasn't my first time being wrong and certainly won't be my last. I can yeah, guarantee right. you
1: that.
0: <laughs> I'll drink to that. Where's my brick brew? <laughs> uh, but, you know. GMing is a hard thing to do, as as Breitich seems to be learning today, with Nolan Arenado giving him a little bit of a call-out. Uh, you know, I, he didn't say anything about particulars, but it's a bit interesting. Is, is that something that's just more common in baseball? Because you rarely ever see that in hockey, right? Where it gets all the way up to the GM. Well, you you rarely see star players call out the GM ever. I mean, in in fact in hockey you see the opposite of Dallas is anything to go by.
1: Yeah, I mean that was boy, that was something, especially in retrospect. Like the president of the team calls the media and says come into my office, I'm going to trash our two best players? Yeah. I mean, what a glorious day for media.
0: Yeah, this got to be the easiest article to write ever, right? <laughs> um, right? It, like, just turn on the recorder and then
1: just like, alright, transcribe that. Raw, uncut audio. Yeah, and <laughs> just like, hey, just listen to this. This is wild stuff. Trust me, you
0: want to listen to this. And the thing is, Sagan and Ben are both still in Dallas today compared to this Nolan Arenado situation where. Yeah. And they will be forever.
1: And that's why I'm not that worried about Dallas in the long run. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. Yeah. Oh, Hey, look, the Panthers came back on the wild.
0: Good. Go Panthers. Panthers have done that like six times this year. Haven't they? Yes. They're real good at that third period thing.
1: Yeah. They like the they like the let's get outplayed and then
0: play really hard for the last five minutes of the game thing. I mean the abs have tried it and it didn't work as well for them. Yeah, not their forte. Not their <laughs> forte. No, sir. <laughs> so, you know, to each their own, I guess. If if it works for Florida, I ain't gonna knock them on it. Um Yeah, so I don't know what's happening with Arenado, to be honest with you. Do you expect he stays in Colorado? I do. Well, that's all I need to hear. Oh,
1: just kidding. The Panthers scored with five seconds left to make it 5-4. <laughs> 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 what a great day. Easy. easy wins spoke Detroit and Minnesota chokes it away.
0: Everybody wins in the central division, and by everybody, I mean the Abs. The Abs Uh, win in the central. Man, they're only six points back now. When
1: you considering that three days ago, had they lost to St. Louis, they would have been behind twelve points. Yep, that is a massive swing. That's the difference between this race is over at the All Star break and you can talk yourself into it 6 points in the last 39 games
0: 33 games 33 yeah. Uh, yeah yeah i mean that's way more doable than what we were talking about 5 games ago right it, those we said the very same thing after the two overtime losses hey you know what that's like going one and one and then yep. the avs sweep the 3 they get 8 out of 10 okay. possible points on this home stand yeah you get to go into the break on the biggest high possible for the team. everything's come back together. They're sitting in second in the central they second in the central is good enough for sixth in the entire league right now it's it's insane to me how six days can completely flip flop the outlook of a team
1: and that's I mean that's one thing that we should all remember the next time they've lost three games in a row. Yep, is that we were a week ago on this podcast, broken voices and all, <laughs> we were struggling our way through talking about them starting 0 and two on the on the homestand. Yep, and having lost what it was at that point four in a row,
0: was it four? Islanders,
1: Rangers, Penguins, yep. Stars?
0: Yep, and then they beat New Jersey before that. Right.
1: So it was four in a row uh, that they had lost, and it was like three of their last ten that they had won. Yeah, they were three, three,
0: six, and one, I think. You were just
1: just feeling like everything sucks right now. Yep. And And now you fast forward today, they go 3-0-2 on the homestand. In the eyes of the standings, you essentially won four games. You got you got eight of ten points. You gained ground on everybody. You won, you won against the team that you absolutely had to beat. I mean, it's it it's just it's it's amazing how quickly it turns, how fast it flips, and it's a it's a good reminder. All this conversation about oh the the abs Bender can't get them out of the big slide in December. I think they went seven and six in December. And they're whatever their record is in Janu- January. I haven't looked, but it's not going to be worse
0: than 500. Uh, yeah, let's let's see. That'd be two and two and two and so five, two and two in January. I mean, and con- that's-
1: considering that they they won like five games between. December and January. I think it was like seven games between it was, December and
0: January last year. It was exactly seven. I remember because the Avs won seven in December this year. And it was like, if they win any games in January, they did better than last season.
1: Yeah. And there you go. Like they, they have stopped the slide.
0: I don't think, well, I, they have stopped the slide, but I don't think it's just that, they go – they play St. Jose, and they completely control that game. They shut them out. Then they play St. Louis in a close, tight game, but one where they hold on to a lead and manage a third period well. And then they respond again with Detroit just handing a bad team an easy win, basically. Yeah, handling, Handling, I guess, a bad team. But they have three – wins that were the exact opposite of the losses that they just had where they couldn't get the job done against a good team in Pittsburgh they give up a bad loss to the Rangers who are not a good team yeah that was a bad loss so the losses the
1: overtime losses to to Dallas and Pittsburgh didn't feel great but I didn't think they were a huge deal um The Rangers loss is really the only loss. The Rangers and the Jets on New Year's Eve are the only losses that I have, like, like problems
0: with. I mean, I don't have a problem with the Dallas loss, but I do think it hurt. Just the Avs struggles against Central Division teams,
1: right? And really, when you say their struggles against the Central Division teams, it's their struggles against Dallas. They went 0 4. Right. Dallas swept them on the or, season. I guess technically it was 0-2 and 2.
0: They didn't win any of them. How about that? Yeah.
1: So yeah, I mean they only they pulled two out of a possible eight points uh from the stars this year. So not great, obviously but really like their their big problems against the central is mm-hmm. almost entirely like Dallas. Otherwise, I think they're what one and two against Minnesota, one and one against uh Winnipeg
0: and two and two, two against and two against Ooh. St.
1: Louis, three and one against Chicago and one and oh against
0: Nashville. Yep. So it's really just Dallas. You're not wrong there since they do seem to have conquered the St. Louis Demon in any case. Like if you take out if you take out uh Dallas and you take out Chicago, they're like 500 against the division. Yeah, and I guess that's that doesn't sound as bad but 500 feels a little low for this team. It does, but when you are
1: whatever they are against the rest of the league, you can get away yeah. with it. Which
0: they're pretty <laughs> good against like, the rest. Be of the honest, league. like yeah. they're
1: five hundred against the central, and that's the reason they're not one leading the central and two leading the west. Yep, which is one and the same. So yeah, because Pacific, uh, it's not happening for the Pacific this year. Yo, Vancouver led by superstar and demigod Quinn Hughes.
0: Quinn Hughes. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, I don't... The number of mentions of Quinn Hughes in my Twitter account is way too high. <laughs> Dude, I've still got people coming at me. Uh, well, when when Makar is walking off the stage with the Calder, then, you know, all will be right in the world. So they can keep talking if they want, I guess. <laughs> right.
1: Um. Yeah, yeah. I, it's weird. I mean, even... <laughs> you know, I was joking around with Thomas Drance on Twitter today, uh, and he and I were DMing back and forth. We even agreed that McCarr is likely to win the Calder.
0: Yeah. I Like, he got, got the inside in track. Very, you know, always barring unforeseen circumstance, it, it would be hard for. Hughes to take it away from him at this point. I think it would take Didn't,
1: McCarr missing another eight games. I mean, what happens if if Hughes misses eight games? Right, uh, McCarr runs away with it hands down at that <laughs> point. Her, but, right, he's going to beat him by twelve points. And then what's your argument? Well, he's a year younger. Oh, congratulations. Nobody cares. I'm old enough to remember her
0: Temi Panarin winning right. after like nine years in okay, the NHL. Twenty-five. <laughs> right, exactly. So yeah, it's it's just interesting to see when there are awards or or we see this all the time in the NHL draft for the first overall pick when there's a very obviously someone that's gonna go first overall. And the league or the media or whoever has to try and drum up some controversy. And anyone who's watched the guy play is like, no, there's this guy's going first overall. There's zero doubt in anyone's mind. Right. So that's kind of what this Calder race feels like to me between. Jim- well, I mean, it's you kind used- of like this, this year's
1: um, draft class, right? We all, we all know, we all know a is going first. Right, exactly. There's, it's the, literally no doubt. The only, the only people who are sitting around talking about Quentin Byfield are dudes like me who are fanboys.
0: Well, hey, look, I love Byfield too, but it's yeah, right. Laughs going first, and are you, I guarantee you're going to be you. the guy that gets fired because you took Byfield over laugh, and you'd watch laugh turn into a generational winger. Mm. It ain't going to be me, but come March, I promise you, there's going to be a show on TSN where Craig Button goes on for 10 minutes about how Byfield could be competing for that number one spot. Yeah. Well, I mean, knowing Craig Button, it'll be more like Jamie Drysdale. Perfetti.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So. (laughs) I mean, no kid too.
0: Yep. It's. Yeah. I mean, it's just interesting to see. And yeah, you know, as, as I am still getting my chops as being an actual person that counts as media. I I don't know. I still feel like I'm on the other side, kind of. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Kind of a stream I mean, of consciousness period here. When it,
1: when it when it comes to when it comes to the Calder and it comes to McCarr and Hughes, it's just like which guy do you watch the most?
0: Yeah, obviously
1: that's that's, that's what it is. And like the going. ABS are better than the Canucks, and that's why McCarr has the heat on him. That's why McCarr has the sex appeal. McCarr did something in college that um, Hughes simply didn't. So McCarr has the hype. McCarr also showed up in the postseason and balled out. And Quinn Hughes just doesn't know what the postseason is. So you know, like there's there's all kinds of sex appeal behind kill McCarr that just doesn't exist with Quinn Hughes. And Vancouver fans storming the gates and talking about how he's a year younger and how his defensive impact and. Let me post the skater chart and look at his relative stats and punish Makar for having better teammates than Quinn Hughes. Like, okay, great. You want to tell me that Quinn Hughes is the best defender on on Vancouver? Awesome. I can buy that. And Vancouver's defense is terrible. So it's not a hard sell. <laughs> but yeah. you know, we're also doing this. Let's let's see what happens when there's a second half of the season. And, you know, let's also forget, well, not forget that Makar lost eight games. And the fact that he's still out producing Quinn Hughes is not irrelevant. You could talk about underlings and advanced analytics and all this, but at the end of the day, the point of the game is to score. And when one guy's doing that better than the other, that's not meaningless. You can't just be like, "Well, well, counting scouts and shooting percentage. Yeah, he got him beat there. If you just want to assume that naturally those things disappear, you're also making the same assumption that Hughes stays better in every other category. It's just a—it's just a huge leap of logic. It's so stupid.
0: I'm with you. And you know what? At the end of the day, one.
1: both players are two of the four best young defensemen in the NHL, and I also would include Miro Heiskanen and Rasmus Staline in that conversation. And they're going to be a ton of fun to watch battle for Norris's throughout the 2020s. I'm very much here for it. And when Quinn Hughes wins Norris and Kale McCarr wins Con Smythe, I think that'll be a fine trade-off.
0: Very. Very fair. And, <laughs> and we get to watch all of them be our all-stars all the time, starting next year, probably.
1: It's 2021.
0: Yeah. um, uh, So we'll go ahead and wrap up period two there. If you're drunk on victory like AJ and I seem to be... <sighs> Don't drink and drive. Use Total Beverage instead because they're offering 30% off to the DNVR fam when you purchase $25 to $75. And that's when you use code DNVR2019 online or on the Total Beverage app app they also even have cbd products now and you can get all of this delivered right to your door again that's dnvr 2019 to get 30% off your purchases of 25 to 75 dollars get on it have a drink cheers third period of the dnvr avalanche podcast presented by davidsons i'm rudo he's aj we went a little rogue in the second period <laughs> admittedly um, a rogue but let's let's bring it back. Let's bring the the plans for the Death Star back into the fold here. Oh and
1: man, I stayed up all last night watching episodes one and two: Phantom of the Menace and Attack of the Clones. Any uh, thoughts? Those movies are bad. Okay, I'm glad we agree on that. <laughs> oh, 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 those movies are bad. <laughs> I was like, I was. It was like four o'clock in the morning. And there was, like, 12 minutes left in Attack of the Clones, and I was like, oh, my God, please let this be over soon.
0: I know, I, you're know not why. A, I know you're not a Star Wars fan in general, but number two is far and away the worst movie of all of them, in my opinion. I, I did not like uh, Empire Strikes Back at all.
1: Yeah. And then I saw – I kind of, like, begrudgingly was like, ugh. I've already watched two of them. I might as well watch uh return of the Jedi. And I loved return of the Jedi. Okay. It was so good, man. And that was why I like, I enjoyed it so much. I was like, Oh, I've got to watch the prequels now. And now I've sat through two of them and I'm like, Oh, this is a lot of trade stuff. Like, yeah. What was it? What was it? Steph house said, it, it, they turned it into like space NAFTA. And it's like, <laughs> dude, it's so true. <laughs> There was like oh, it was they it was painful to sit through. It was it was just not good. And I'm Is that legal? I'm God. <laughs> I'm I'm already
0: dreading episode three and You're the chosen one. Yeah, episode three is much less boredom and just depending on who you ask, Hayden Christensen's terrible acting or unacceptable writing, or maybe Ooh. some of both. Dude, he is a creeper in that second movie. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, he like it it was like. Did you ever see? uh, Did you ever see the bodyguard with Whitney Houston and Kevin Costner? No, it was kind of like space version of that.
0: It was like Stockholm syndrome, dude. It was weird. Who's the creeper there, though? Really, because Padme was hitting on like a twelve year old child. Yeah, I mean, Natalie Portman can do what she wants. All right, I mean that's one way to put it. But do you like sand though? No, um, it's does it coarse and it gets everywhere.
1: Ugh, the worst, dude. <laughs> it's like a beach glitter. You just can't take <laughs> it.
0: Well, <laughs> oh, beach glitter. That just <laughs> sounds nasty. That's what I'm saying, man. It's all bad. Um. Okay, but the abs though, for real as we work our way back to this um, dude, six to three dominated the game,
1: set themselves up very, very nicely uh, for the second half of the season. Uh, yep. I put it in my takeaways today. Uh, they have 62 points through 49 games played. If you're assuming 95 point barrier to get into the postseason, they only need 33 points in the last 33 games to get there. That's 500 hockey right there. That's- exactly 500 hockey gets them there and the point pace that they've been on has them on a pace uh has them on pace for 103 points currently and that's me rounding down because 103 point like 7 which is what it really is is like can't have point 7 worth of a point so it's 103 not 104 anyway they're on a 103 point pace right now and I tell you if they stick to that pace and that includes all the ups and downs, the win streaks, and the the, the, the losing streaks and all that. Um, and they don't get second in the division. Then you tip your cap to Dallas because they're the only team that's going to top 103 points that's, <laughs> that's behind them. Yep. So, I mean, that's one where you're just like, okay, like, come on. Turns out everyone in this division is freaky good. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I can see a world where the three best teams
0: in the West are St. Louis, Colorado, and Dallas. Definitely. I. I, I think you're talking about more than just seeing. You're really not that far off from that reality today. Well, and, and you know, right now, that is the reality. Right. Uh, I, by the points, that is the reality currently. And I think yeah. we're tied with Dallas. But, yeah, you just never know what happens in the second half. Vegas under a new coach, Nashville, getting their stuff together or whatever. But I'm, I'm, I'm not buying Vancouver when they're not even 500 on the road.
1: Yeah, that's a little dicey. Like if your if if your success is built up so much on you being a 750 or an 800 team at home, um, consider me extremely skeptical that that's going to continue. Uh, so I'm I'm a little I'm 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 iffy on the entire Pacific until the trade deadline, until some of these teams actually start doing things, make their so, moves to yeah. get better. Yeah, I'm. I'm very, uh,
0: yeah. I mean, you never truly know, especially before the trade deadline. For all we know, Arizona could lose every game for the next month and Taylor Hall will be back on the market. But Mm. I find that pretty unlikely.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think Arizona's all in,
0: right? Yeah. Obviously, I it would be very hard for them to dig out of their position now, given that they're in a wild card spot. Yeah. Well, and they're starting to be
1: that separation. It's the five yep. teams at the top of the Pacific. And I think San Jose, Anaheim and Los Angeles, certainly Anaheim and Los Angeles. You're that conversation's over.
0: Yeah. I, um, I think San Jose it's over for, I, I do too.
1: If only because their goal differentials, negative 37. And that's really, really bad. It is. Um, I think it's probably done there. And then you're talking about like Minnesota is seven points back. Nashville's six points back. And these are of like, you know, Chicago and Winnipeg are three points back of the last playoff spot. Like that's a lot of teams in the dog fight still. And 12 games is a lot of separation. A lot, a lot of time for, for a little bit more separation, a little more clarity. Yep. Nashville looking to get rid of uh, Mikhail Granlund. I think that's super interesting.
0: If that I talked about this too on Twitter earlier and I don't see it happening, but if that's an actual thing, if he's available, the abs should be in on that. Yeah, I I don't
1: think that the division thing will matter much because if you look at Nashville, they've made you know, they made the three way deal with the abs a couple years ago. They made the uh, the Felix Gerard Cody McLeod deal. Uh, they made the Ryan Hartman deal. they've they made them the Grandland deal with Minnesota. They've traded in division a lot over the last few years. So and it's funny that we talk about that like oh, you don't want to trade in division, but one of the benefits of trading in division is that you're a lot more comfortable with the players involved. And oh, Grandland has spent his entire career in a
0: division against the Avalanche. They should be completely comfortable with him. The Avs should be. My my one take from all those Nashville trades though is they've been buyers in the division. Right. They were the they were obviously the roles would be reversed where the Avs would be
1: giving them something. And um I mean if they're if Nashville's selling, Nashville's not worried about it long term anyway. Like this is a pending UFA. You're not like, oh, he's gonna sign for five more years and this is gonna haunt us forever. I don't well, think that's. I, I, I think that's I think it's one thing that we overblow in our business just a little bit too much is the, the division thing. And given Poyle's history, he'll trade with whoever, man.
0: I mean, I guess it's a fair point, too, that Nashville, especially if they do end up falling out of the playoff race this season, honestly, they might just have to blow it up.
1: Yeah, they are, I think that we could do, like, maybe I mean, this is what we should do uh, during the bye week that we are now on. Um, there are some teams in the West, fascinating situations. Uh, the, the three teams that immediately stick out to me as they've got to do something now. Otherwise, they are locked in forever to this to this to these poor positions, but... San Jose, Anaheim, and Nashville, all three of those teams are in a position where uh they're on the outside of the postseason um looking in and they are in a position where realistically man i mean they are in they they are very expensive rosters uh they've got a mixture of of veteran players a lot the they' older rosters that are very expensive and they're not getting the job done. Something has to change with each of them. And Colorado's now in the position to be the vulture circling the carcass instead of being the team that, you know, instead of being the hurricanes three years ago that called up the AVs and said, wow, well, what would it cost for us to get Nathan McKinnon off your hands? You guys had a 48 point season. You guys need to rebuild. We'll take your one C off your hands. Cute joke.
0: <laughs> yeah well the app should be that team now they should be right. making predatory phone calls like that thankfully most GM's aren't as steadfast as Joe Sackick so <laughs> they should be you know, most GM's definitely don't have that slow pulse
1: right you know they, the, that patience they're worried about their job security and there's one, there's one advantage that Joe Sackick has man he just doesn't have to worry about it he's like huh this going to be my job one yeah. way or another <laughs> I'll be here. (laughs) You guys go ahead and panic. (laughs) And that's, you know, that's, that might be where he's David Poyles. I mean, David Poyles not going to lose his job either. Certainly Uh, not. That dude, that dude's been around for a long time. And if he can't build it up, he's looking at having to tear it down and do the whole thing over again for what? The third
0: or fourth time in Nashville. I mean, so. if he can keep pulling out magical contracts that are way undervalued. <laughs> and, well, and what did he what did he win with
1: them? They got to the cup finals once with those. And now those deals are pretty much over. They've got one or two left, but they used all of the savings to go and spend money on Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne. And Dude. it hasn't worked. Kyle Turris. They're paying twice market value for Nick Bonino to be like their third line center. Yeah, they I mean,
0: they're, they're in a spot, man. The same thing with San Jose. This I mean, the Predators are are the story of the team that was never able to get all the pieces together for ages and ages and ages. They had everything but a one C. They finally, you know, get Ryan Johansson is supposed to be the next answer. He's not Kyle Turris is supposed to be the next answer. He's not. They finally get Matt Duchesne, who, you know, maybe he's the answer. Maybe he's not. And Pecorino just falls off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. So their their windows didn't line up, and that's the fear of for for every team that's entering into what they think should be their cup window. And I look at the Avs lineup and I go, okay, they have the high end forward talent. There's zero doubt about it. Mm-hmm. They have the high end defenseman probably already between Girard and Macar, and then rounding things out, especially with Byram coming and things like that. Right. Is the faith in the goaltending there? The problem
1: the, the, the problem I have with the goaltending question, man, is what do you do?
0: I I get it. And it's it's the same question twenty five teams in the NHL are asking, right? Yeah. But it's also the most volatile position. It's the position that if you don't have the other pieces, goaltending can get you there anyway. Yeah. And I mean, we saw it with St. Louis last year, Jordan right, Bennington exactly. had an all-time run
1: and Jordan Bennington since December 1st has fallen hard back to earth.
0: And uh so, you know, what's, what's I guess I guess it goes both ways, right? A, a goaltending of at an elite level can cover up your flaws, but you can get goaltending at an elite level for a couple months out of nearly anybody. <laughs> Yeah, if they just get hot at the right time, you're just you're just rolling the dice. With when it comes to goaltending, man,
1: that's all it is.
0: Yeah, uh, to a certain extent. I mean, there are there are certainly ways to weight those dice, but. You're
1: just it, you're hoping that your guy plays well when it matters the most. Like, right. that, that's that's really all it is with goaltending
0: outside of five ish dudes. you know and and even then the the guy we put up in the off season is the most consistent goaltender in the league. John Gibson's been fine this year but nothing spectacular.
1: Right, but like John Gibson's a guy where the the track record is so good, the contract is so good, the age is so good that even if he hasn't been spectacular this year, you take the chance.
0: Oh, sure. But I'm just saying that you know the, the most consistent save. goalie in the NHL can have a down thirty games or whatever. For sure, you know the the other option is that you call up Winnipeg and you say,
1: "Hey, the only thing going for you guys is your goaltender." But the, even that's not enough for you. You need a defenseman, and you try and get a stud goalie in his prime, signed long term, in Hellebuck, and you offer up a Bowen Byram. I don't think that's going to happen, but I mean, it's certainly an option that would that's that's like if you're talking about making a meaningful upgrade at that position that you are legitimately confident is an actual upgrade. That's the kind of move you have to make. Very true. It's that's it, because otherwise, otherwise you're going out and you're doing the group hour thing again because Grubauer was the top goaltender available. He'd been a very, very, very successful backup in Washington. Uh, and it was just a matter of putting him in the starter role. He was the right age. He was right in his right in his prime. Uh, he had a track record of success. He had after a hundred starts, he had the highest save percentage of any goaltender ever. What, more do you want? You're not gonna yep. go out and find a guy that doesn't that that has a better track record in that position than what Philip Grubauer had. So you're either repeating the Grubauer
0: swing, which is you're just hoping at that point, or you have to pay the price for something that's already established. Exactly. And that's, that's the thing you, people like
1: people talk about carry price. Oh, the abs did it once. They should go do it again. Carry price. Carry price isn't the guy you do that with. It is John Gibson. It is Connor Hellebuck. And you go and you offer up, and realistically, like it wouldn't make sense for it to be Byram, right? It would have to be Byram and Grubauer. Yeah, you'd Are you have to do Byron and Grubauer standard. for Connor Hellebuck straight up.
0: I mean, I don't even know if I'd want to do Byram, to be honest with you. Me
1: neither, because I don't know. I don't know if the difference there is big enough. Right. I just I'll don't. I that. just don't know, and that's what that's what you have to weigh. Because otherwise, you're not talking about an upgrade. You're talking about another roll of the dice at goaltending.
0: All right. I really like the way you put that one. I agree that it's, it's very hard to not just fall into the same move over and over and over again when it comes to, oh, we'll just get the next goalie. Oh, we'll right. just get the next goalie. And... And let's be honest, all the abs have to do is wait three years for Eustace Ananen Anyway, there you go, boom. <laughs> Ananen's gonna break all the records just like he did in the league. Confirmed. You Man. heard it here first. I, you can't, you can't temper my enthusiasm
1: for him. <laughs> he's your boy, isn't it now, huh? All I right. mean, I don't want to say Mike, my, my boy. I just, yeah, he's my boy. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, all right. We'll word it that way. He's my guy. He's awesome. <laughs> He's awesome, and those adorable little chuggy, chubby cheeks need to make their way to Colorado now.
0: I'm for it. See him like, playing I for the like Eagles him. next year. It'd be all right with me. Yeah,
1: and playing for the Eagles means you're playing for the Abs eventually. That's one, two, three, go. true.
0: What? I said, one, two, three, go. Oh, one, two, three, go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Do the way it. the Avs goaltenders get hurt, <laughs> maybe that first year if foreigners, anything to go by. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know. This was a fun pod where I didn't really have any strict plans and we kind of went all over the place. So well, it's
1: the break. We're off. Yeah, the exactly. of the bye week There isn't a lot to say. The Avs
0: kicked the holy
1: life out of Detroit today. They sure did. Um, it, it was a slow start, but they dominated that game. Even, one nothing in the first period. It was like eighteen to twelve in shots on goal, uh, and half of those came on the power play. And it, like it was a, it was they dominated today. And I'm looking forward to the bye week. The abs are all the abs were very like they was a cloud of dust in that locker room. Um, Rudo, I know you have some ideas for the pod during the uh, during this little two week break of ours. Yep. Yeah, so, we should have
0: some fun stuff, be it roundtables or the return of advanced stats, the podcast edition. Yeah, uh, I know that uh, there's
1: some people who would like for us to do a draft pod. So we'll definitely get on that eventually. Yeah, you and you and I are like, oh no, no, that we have to talk draft. Oh no, How that's dare the worst. They?
0: <laughs>
1: So, and I've been I've spent the last couple of weeks like turning up my draft prep a little bit just because I, it's been. Isn't See, I can
0: slow this year. So I've got, I've got guys that I like now. So I'm excited about them. I think the best part about our draft pods is that we actually disagree on prospects a lot. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know which guys you
1: like in this year's class that are, I'm not wasting time in the top 10. because The ads won't be there. I, so. Yeah. I, why would you? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, so anyway, um, this has been a wayward way of saying we have a lot of different things that we're going to continue to do. Uh, we're going to use the bye week to talk about some things that we don't get a chance to otherwise. And then when we come, you know, we'll, we'll be back. The abs return to practice next Thursday, I believe on the 30th. Yeah, yeah that's the 30th. True. And between now and then, we've got lots to that we'll continue to talk about. There will be stories up on the site. We'll have prospect stuff, draft stuff, analytics stuff. I'll have a big my big Ryan Graves feature that I've worked on for an entire month now. Uh I will finally publish because I figured I would just hold it till then and then he scored today to make it even more relevant. So, yeah, that's it.
0: Jackpot. Yeah, like AJ said, bunch of cool stuff I'll be doing some video stuff as well as usual. So, really excited to to dig into some I guess something different than the everyday routine for the abs for a little while here Yeah, should be fun. Highly recommend getting to the DNBR. If you're not a member already, now is the time to subscribe and, and become part of the family. I, that's all I got to say. Uh, The podcast will be still every weekday during the break. So no worries there. We got you covered with plenty of content. While you wait or, you know, if you're one of those people that likes the All-Star game, you can do that as well. But that's going to do it for us. Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism,
1: because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have referred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs.